We are doing now Tuesday's portion of Parsha Suyero. What we've had thus far in the Parsha is, at the end of the previous portion, Abraham circumcised himself. Our portion opens up on the third day from his circumcision, of his circumcision. And we have God visiting him. And then we have the angels coming, three angels coming to heal him, to give him the news of the impending birth of Isaac in a year, and to destroy Sodom and the five cities that Sodom was the metropolis of. When God tells Abraham that he's going to destroy these cities, he prays for them, he tries to save them, but there's no one righteous there. There's no one that can, whose merit could help save these cities. So now the angels are coming to the dome because now we have now two angels remaining, as Rashi is going to explain. One's message is to destroy Sodom, and one is to save Lot, Abraham's nephew, because of the merit of Abraham, of Abraham, he is going to be saved. He and his family will be saved. So we are opening up chapter 19, verse 1. The two angels come to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. And Lot saw and stood up to meet them, and he bowed face to the ground. So Rashi explains why we have the two angels. As I was saying, by Abraham there were three. So one's destroying Sodom, and one's coming to save Lot. The one coming to save Lot is the same one that previously by Abraham had healed him. It's the same energy. The third angel, meaning the one who came to inform them that they would have the baby, Isaac, he carried out his mission and therefore he's gone because his mission had nothing to do with Sodom. Now, Rashi points out that here they're called angels. Previously, when they were by Abraham, they were called men. And Rashi gives two reasons why. One is because by Abraham, when the angels came, God was there. As I said, God was visiting Abraham because of his sickness, because of the circumcision. So out of respect to God's presence, they're not called angels. In other words, they have no importance when God is there. Or, when we're talking about Abraham, who was very, very great, and frequently angels were by him, they're just common. They're men. But in connection with Lot, they're angels. Now, it says it came in the evening, and this seems strange because they were by Abraham in Hebron in the heat of the day, high noon. It's not that far from Hebron to Sodom, especially if you're angels. You'll probably get there in like a second. So why did it take them until evening to get to Sodom? But ultimately, even, even the angel whose mission was to destroy Sodom, ultimately they're angels of compassion. And they were delaying because it perhaps Abraham would be able to save the cities with his prayers. It says Lot was sitting at the gates of Sodom, and the way it's written, it's written with the same spelling as if he sat, meaning that just that day he sat over them as a judge over the judges, which we could wonder why do we need to know this. He was appointed to such a high position, but it further heightens their absolute wickedness, as we're going to see as the story unfolds, that the people of Sodom had such evil intent against the guests, against these angels, 
that Loth took to his house, and here you think they'd have some respect for Loth. He's the judge of the judges. But still, they couldn't do, you know. They just want to give in to their evil, to their cruelty, and to their passions and lusts. So Lot saw them, and he learned from the house of Abraham that you, it's a very great thing to have guests, which is interesting because he wasn't meticulous in commandments, as we'll, we'll see. It wasn't that every commandment God gives he was so careful with, but this habit of having guests he picked up by living by Abraham, and therefore very rare in Sodom to have an opportunity to have guests because guests don't wander into that city. It has a very dangerous, dangerous reputation for strangers. So it was very rare he could have a guest. So when two strangers came, he was very excited. And he said, Behold now, my Lord, turn about, please, to your servant's house, spend the night and wash your feet, then wake up early and go your way. And they said, No, rather we'll spend the night in the square. We're not going to sleep in your house. We'll, we'll sleep on the street. So why is he calling them Lord? So either, Rashi says, either you just by passing by me, you're really like my Lord. Or he's, another way of understanding what he's saying here, another way of understanding what he's saying here is focusing actually on the words behold now. That's the focus here. So he wants them to take note of a particular phenomenon. So my Lord is in a sense a phenomenon. Take note that you've now become my Lord by passing by my way to accept my invitation. Or behold now, he's saying take note of the local population and be on guard because these people are very wicked. They don't tolerate strangers. Turn around. So he said, which is sort of a strange expression to use here, he's saying, like, wind your way to my house in a very roundabout route. They shouldn't realize you're going there. Spend the night and wash your feet, which obviously sounds rather strange. Strange order. And especially as we just saw by Abraham that he was so careful that they should wash their feet because, as we explained by Abraham, that the Arabs, the people at that time, would serve the dust of their feet as a god. So washing their feet was removing this this idolatry. But Lot's reasoning was to wash their feet and then we get uh, caught by the people of the town. They'll say, oh, you had these guests for a while. If they still have the dust on their feet, I could say, look, they just came. But they said, no. Now we see by Abraham, they listened to him. We see that uh, an offer of someone who's not very important, you can refuse. But not for someone great, you can't refuse. They said, no, we're going to spend the night in the square. Now here, it says, ki barachov nalin. Ki normally means because, which doesn't function here. But it's meaning rather, no, we're not going to be in your house. Rather, we're going to sleep on the streets. And he urged them very much. So they turned toward him and they came to his house. He made a feast for them and he baked matzahs and they ate. So they turned in a roundabout way, so people shouldn't notice. And he baked matzahs because it was Passover. As we know, again, this is all happening at the same time. Remember, by Abraham, it was also Passover <laughs> because of the same day. So we see here the, the verse is emphasizing, and there were obviously other foods he served them beside matzah, but the verse is teaching us that it was Passover, and therefore it specifies the matzah. 
that he served them. They had not yet lain down when the townspeople, the people of Sodom, converged upon the house, young to old, all the people from the end. So this verse is explained, or she explains it in a more allegorical fashion, that they hadn't yet lain down and the people were in the mouths of the angels, meaning they were speaking about them. They were asking, well, what, what, what type of people are they? And he said to you, they're really wicked. So they were still talking about these people, and then people of Sodom were going to live up to their reputation and do something here quite horrifically evil. That's the drash interpretation. On the more simple level, the verse simply means that when the townspeople, these evil people, surrounded the house because they were wicked, they're called the people of Sodom because we know people of Sodom are very, very wicked. All the people now, was it literally that every single person in the town came to surround Lot's house? Not literally, but meaning not one person protested. There wasn't even one righteous person among them. So even though not all the people of the city converged upon Lot's house, it obviously wouldn't have held the entire city, but it's considered as if they all committed the sin because if you don't protest a transgression, it's considered as you did it. Other commentators say no, the entire population of the city did surround Lot's house. So whoever wasn't around it, because obviously there wasn't enough room, they gathered in the surrounding streets. Literally the entire town came to harm these guests. So what was the harm? Well, these are people from Sodom and they wanted to sodomize them. And they called to Lot and said, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. Rosh here explains, know them with homosexual relations. That's what they wanted to do to harm these people and to give in to their own evil desires. So Lot understood what they wanted. So Lot did something very strange here, which shows how he was very... um, very very uh, complexly confused person, Lot went to the entrance and shut the door behind him. So he went and he was going to try now to save these two people because if all or the bulk of the town were here, obviously they could break down, smash down his door and go to his house and grab them. Even though here is Lot's the big chief judge, they couldn't care. There was an opportunity to, you know, indulge and harm these people and enjoy themselves and they didn't care. So Lot wants to save his guests. So Lot said, and he said, I beg of my brothers, do not act wickedly. So that's good. He's trying to save them. But then this shows how, how much he was affected by the evil around him, that even in him trying to be good, he was being very, very evil. See now, I have two daughters who have never known a man. I shall bring them out to you, and you may do to them what is good in your eyes. But to these men do nothing, inasmuch as they have come under the shelter of my roof. Lot saying, like, you know, because they're my guests, out of respect for me, appreciate that I want to protect them. And they said, approach away. Then they said, this one came as a stranger, like a traveler among us, and now he acts as a judge. Now we should treat you worse than them. 
They pressed exceedingly upon the man upon load, and they approached to break the door. So they're saying approach away, which Rashi says means like to go away. Move to the side. Distance yourself because we want to grab these men. We're not listening to you. And um, so get out of here so we, we, can, we can do what we want. Another way of understanding this, or as Rashi explains more, is that in a sense there's a twofold message of the people of Sodom to Lot. The fact that you're pleading for your guests, how dare you? The fact that you're offering us your daughters, oh, that's nice. So when we're saying approach away in a sort of mild tone, geshala, that's because you graciously offered us your daughters. But the fact that you're not letting us or don't want us to touch your guests, that's what we're saying. Oh, this person was a stranger among us and now he thinks he's the judge. He thinks he can rebuke us. So they're coming to the door, as Rashi says, that which turns to lock out and to open. That's what they're going to want to approach and smash, break, get through. The men stretched out their hand, now the men here means the angels, and brought Lot to themselves into the house and closed the door. And the men who were at the entrance of the house, they struck with blindness from small to great, and they tried vainly to find the entrance. So here we're not talking, as Rachi says, of the door itself, but the entrance, the space. So the people by that space they made blind, and therefore, they couldn't find the door. So it says from small to great, because as we saw before, they surrounded the house from small to great. So since the smaller people began with the transgression, they begin with the punishment. Then the men said to Lot, the men here can't mean the angels. Who else do you have here? A son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, all that you have in the city removed from the place. Who else do you have here simply means who else is in the city besides your wife and your daughters? In other words, in your house there are two girls, two, as we know now, two single girls and his wife. Who else do you have in the city? If you have any of these other people, we've got to get them out of here. Your sons here means sons of your married daughters. Or, another way of understanding this is, until now, this whole night, you've been trying to defend the people of Stone and advocating and saying they're not as horrific and horrible and evil as everyone thinks. But after all this, do you have a, a mouth? Do you have something to, to defend them? Look, how, look, how, look at them. Look what they were trying to do. Look what you were doing. But we are about to destroy this place. The Akra has become great before God. God has sent us to destroy it. The Lot, now Lot believed them and he wanted to get his son-in-laws and his daughters and save them as well. Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-laws, those who would take his daughters, and he said, get out, get up and leave this place for God is about to destroy the city. But he, it seemed like a, a joke, like someone who was making a joke in the eyes of his son-in-laws. So Rashi here discriminates between two groups, his son-in-laws and those who would take his daughters, meaning his son-in-laws, meaning he had two daughters who were married in the city. So he spoke to those two people. And they laughed him off and stayed with his two married daughters. And then those who would take his daughter means the two girls that were in his house. They were engaged to two men. And they also thought it was a joke and wouldn't leave. 
So therefore, in the end it was, as we, the verse says, and just as the dawn was breaking, the angels urged Lot on, saying, get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are found, lest you'll be obliterated because of the iniquity of the city. Meaning, now it's almost morning. So the angels hurried him. They had to destroy the city. So the only ones you can take then are the ones in the house. Well, she says, when it says here, girls who are found, the simple meaning is the ones who are available to you in the house. You can take them. There are other agaditas explaining this, but this is the simple literal understanding, and Rashi always comes to explain the text in its literal way. You'll be obliterated, meaning you're going to be annihilated. The city's going to be destroyed, and if you're here while we're destroying the city, you're going to be destroyed as well. And he delayed, so the men grasped onto his hands, onto his wife's hand, and onto the hands of his two daughters, and God's mercy on him, and they took him out and left him outside the city. Meaning he was delaying because, okay, now he realizes this is it, this is to be destroyed, and I forget my two married daughters, their husbands aren't listening, forget my future son-in-laws, but I want to take all my money. So he wanted, he delayed to save his money, and the men grasped them because he had two men, two angels. One supposed to save him, one supposed to destroy Sodom. But the one strength of dome can't do anything until he gets out. So both of the men are trying to push him out the city, one angel to save him and one angel so he can do his job and destroy the dome. And it was as I took them out, he said, he said now because it's come to one angel. In other words, both angels were involved in getting him out because both of them needed him out. But now that he was out of the city. It was, it was just one angel left now who's trying to save him, who's saving him. He said, me, this one remaining angel, flee for your life, do not look behind you, do not stop anywhere in all the plain, flee to the mountain lest you be obliterated. So flee for your life, you're saving your life, don't worry about your money. And don't look behind you because you don't deserve to look behind you. You also did evil with them. It's only in the merit of Abraham that you're being saved. So you don't deserve to be a punishment. And he said, flee the whole plain of the Jordan, meaning even though officially we're saying it was five cities, but now it's extended itself to this entire location. Flee to the mountain, meaning to Abraham, who lived on the mountain. Lot said to them, please know, my Lord. When he says, please know, my Lord, Rashi says he's talking to God. And he's saying to God, please, don't tell me to escape to the mountain. But please, no, being an expression of request. Please, don't, don't, don't send me to the mountain. Don't send me to Abraham. See now, your servant has found grace in your eyes, and your kindness was great, which you did with me to save my life. That I cannot flee to the mountain, lest the evil attach itself to me and I die. Meaning, you're telling me to flee to Abraham. When I was by the people of Sodom, who are so wicked, in contrast to them, I, I looked pretty good. I looked worthy of being saved. Of course, he was saved in the merit of Abraham. On his own, he would not have been saved. But still, he, there was some leeway room there because he compared to the people of stone, he looked okay. But if I'm going to come next to Abraham, I'm going to look so wicked. So all of this evil is going to become attached to me. I'll, 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 I'll be judged and I'll be wicked and I'll be found guilty and I'll also be punished. Behold, please, the city is near enough to escape there, and it is small. 
I shall now flee there. Is it not small? And let my soul live. What he was asking for here is, there are five cities that were supposed to be destroyed. But of the five cities, one of them, Soar, was built a year after the others. Meaning, Sodom and all the other cities were now 52 years of existence. Soar was built a year later. It was 51 years, as we see, saying, please, no, please, is a miracle value of 51. So since it's only 51 years old and not 52, it has one year less evil in it. Even in other words, if we're assuming all these cities were completely wicked from their inauguration until their destruction, this one city, Tzor, is less wicked than the others because it has one year less existence. So if they now deserve to be destroyed, obviously Tzor still has a year. So let me stay in Tzor and save that city, what he was really asking. I mean, he wasn't just that he should be able to. I mean, obviously he was asked for the entire city of Tzor to be saved. Because if I'm in Soar, I'll look okay. If I go to Abraham, I'm going to look bad, and, and I'm scared I'll be destroyed too. So it's an amazing thing he's asking of God. And um, and God agreed that he's going to save this entire city. So I thought it was very interesting, because Abraham prayed to save all the cities. And you know, if there's worthy people, well, there were so many people in any of the cities. So all the cities were destined to be destroyed. And now, when Lot, who's so undeserving, he asks the situation, you know, really trying to save his own skin. Can he save the city so he can have that place to live? God agrees to save the entire city so Lot can live there with his family. And that is, as far, we're actually, of course, in the middle what's happening in the Chronicles here of Lot. It, it does not end here. And unfortunately, it continues in a very negative way. But at this point, you see God's enormous kindness. Someone who was quite wicked, Lot was also, as, as we saw, uh, very crooked. And yet God graciously agreed to save an entire city for him.